We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by the College Corner. I'm Neil McCready. Today on the show, Rob Cassidy covers college basketball recruiting for Rivals.com. He joins. We talk about Ole Miss's recruiting class, about maybe what went wrong with uh, Jalen Reed, some names to look for, uh, perhaps. And then we get into some football topics, talk about the job that uh, Ole Miss has done. Uh, we talk about NIL, how it might affect basketball, football as well. And then uh, Rob's based in Miami. I asked him about the rumors with Miami involving uh, Manny Diaz, potentially Lane Kiffin, what he thinks about that. So it's about a half hour with uh, Rob Casty. I think you'll enjoy it. Hit a lot of topics. Uh on this big game weekend um, here at uh, rebelgrove.com and MPW Digital. Before we get started, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. 662-257-1900. We're also brought to you by Daniel Barfield, Barfield Wealth Management. They've been serving individuals and businesses in the Oxford and North Mississippi area for more than 20 years. Uh, Daniel carries both CFP and CPA designations. He's affiliated with the Advisors Resource Council. It's a registered investment advisory firm with offices in Oxford, New Orleans, Dallas, and the surrounding areas. He and his staff offer comprehensive financial planning, including investment management, estate and tax planning, insurance planning, uh, and business retirement plans. 662-236-6454. Or visit his website at barfieldwealthmanagement.com. Also brought to you by Billy's Small Batch Bacon. My friend William Stitt has mastered the art of bacon. He uses bacon selected from the finest hogs, hand-turned every two hours in small batches, rubbed with nitrate-free pink curing salt and uh, brown sugar molasses, and serenaded by local singers and songwriters behind his stage there at Old 27 Grill and uh, in Fairhope, Alabama. He's perfected the bacon curing process. takes eight days to perfectly cure bacon, not seven, not nine. Don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. Go to billiesbacon.com, B-I-L-L-E-S, bacon.com, and try it today. Also brought to you by Alpha Specialties, 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They're your trailer-specific professional. 
If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got load trail, Hallmark cargo trailers. They can work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built for you. Spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. A full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798. Or check them out at Alpha of ms.com also brought to you by our friends at muddy water camo go to muddywateroutdoors.com enter the promo code rebel grove at checkout get 35 percent off uh the heated jackets everything else in the site and uh, don't forget uh orders of 100 dollars or more and it's uh free shipping for you there at muddywateroutdoors.com and we're brought to you by Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Autoplex. Let him help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevrolet, BMW, Lexus, and Infiniti, or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. 662-571-2367 or sixteen eighty five High Street in Jackson. Now to the Rafters Music and Food Hotline and Rob Cassidy of Rivals.com. Rob Cassidy of Rivals.com, kind enough to join us here on the Soft Verbal Podcast. Rob, it's been a minute. Hope you're well. How you been? Yeah, man. Things are, uh, you know, all things considered, things are pretty good. It's, uh, I'm alive and, you know, it's relatively nice outside. That, that, that works as a win. Yeah, uh, I will tell you that I have taken my name out of the Mets GM job consideration. <laughs> I, I've decided that it's just not for me. Um, you and everybody else on the planet. <laughs> I, you know, but I feel like I don't know. I, Go ahead, get it off your chest. It's with that whole situation. Like, is it really like everybody wants to? You know, it's real fashionable to LOL Mets. You know, oh, the Mets are at it again. But like, what what else can we do? You know, the Mets have all the money in the world, right? And they're trying to give it to somebody. And it's not the Mets' fault if people are scared to take a job in New York under a microscope. Like, that's not oh, the Mets organization is a mess. You know, I'm the first one that likes to jump all over the Mets and make fun of the Mets when they do stupid stuff, which is often. But this one, you can only do all you can do. You know, it's it's not. I don't see it as like a Mets failure. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's just it's it's like you said. It's kind of popular to do the Mets LOL thing, and so people do the LOL at the Mets. And the truth yeah, is, exactly what it is, the truth is, uh, Scott Boris is kind of right with what he said yesterday about hey, the Braves won a title because they were one of the handful of teams that didn't tank. And to the Mets' credit, they didn't tank. It just injuries got them, you know? And, and so when you get hurt, you get hurt. I mean, the, the to the Braves' everlasting credit, they were able to put together a team even after they lost to Cunha, and it worked. I mean, and the, and the thing is, you know, the Mets pretty much handed the Braves that title. You know, if they would have stepped on their neck, the, the Mets were in first place for 102 days this year. They were six games up on the Braves at one point. And if we would have stepped on their neck when they had the chance to do it, they never make those deadline moves because they're out of the running. Uh, it's uh, it's frustrating, as you can tell. <laughs> you are you're covering you're covering basketball recruiting these days. Um, the early signing period was yesterday, Wednesday, we, as we taped this on Thursday morning around around noon. Noon. Yeah. It's a little afternoon where you are in Miami. It's a little before noon where I am in Mississippi, whatever. Um, Ole Miss signed three guys. I know that you've made the transition from football to basketball, and it's probably you're probably in, in a little bit of a whirling dervish sort of a mentality as you do that. But 
I know you've seen a couple of these guys. Could you tell us a little bit about what you've seen and what you thought of them? Yeah, you know, I really like the Elwins kids upside. There, there's potential there because he's strong and he's athletic and he's skilled. The thing with him, you know, he can shoot it too. You know, he gets, I think he's going to get the reputation as kind of a bruiser, but the kid's got a mid-range game when he's on. <laughs> the thing with him is you can go and watch him, and I've seen him three or four times on one day, and he looks like, okay, this kid is an all-SEC player maybe. This is for and people he, for people that don't know. You're talking yeah. about you're ta- talking about Malik Owen Malik, yeah. Malik Owen from uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. He's a six ten forward. And you can go, you can see him, and you'd be like, "Oh man, this kid's got it. He's playing against high competition. You know, everything's going. He's got a mid range game. He's rebounding. He's running the floor like a gazelle." And then the next day, you can go and be like, "Is this kid a high major player? Like, I don't. There's gonna have to. He's gonna have to find some consistency, and that comes with youth, you know. I think, and a lot of guys, it's just exaggerated with him for some reason." where you never know which one you're going to get. And if they can kind of get the consistency with the kid and get the kid to buy in and, and play hard uh, every play, he's got tools to be a really good player. But he's a project. Is that what you're saying? He's, he's a project from a consistency standpoint. Okay. I think. Because he, there, he does have his games where he will just completely dominate a game on the boards, under the glass, shooting from the mid-range, and doing a lot of really nice things. And then he will have games where you forget he's at there. <laughs> it's just, you know, and, you know, I've probably seen him four times, and he's probably about fifty percent. He's batting five hundred, which isn't bad in baseball. No, no, it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> Less than good in basketball. Yeah, it's just an interesting deal with 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 him. He's a four star kid. He's ranked number seventy four nationally by rivals. I'm, I'm I'm sure that I can't even imagine how difficult it is to bas- to do basketball rankings. It's it's. Uh, I think it's much easier than football. Do, really. do you, yeah, dude. Well, uh, interesting. So, t- uh, all right. Let's go there because I'll get back to the other players in a minute. Why is it easier to rank basketball? Because it, you can you can look at size and they play more AAU games against one another. A, it's easier to see everybody because everybody is on an AAU team. You can see everybody in person. There's like nobody in this class that I haven't seen in person once. Well, there are, but not very many. Okay. Two, these high school basketball factories and the AAU circuit make it so you see kids playing against other Division One kids all the time. You know, there's not you don't go to a a lot of games where it's like, okay, there's two Alabama commits on this team and they're playing a team full of frat guys. Like that, that doesn't happen because, you know, in the AU basketball world, every team is full of college-bound players. And in the high school basketball world, it's even becoming all of these private schools uh, are kind of basketball factories and they all play each other. So the playing field's much easier level. Like, you know, it's, it's different in high school football when there's some wide receiver that runs a 4-2 at Miami Central and they're playing a school full of future SIGEPs from you know western florida or something and the guy goes for you know what does that mean but that doesn't happen in basketball so you saw you in uh i think you've also seen um the kid from texas right tj caldwell yes i tj caldwell this weekend really um he is one that isn't on a loaded team he's got some skill to him too i don't think he's much of a shooter i think that's going to be the knock on him but he's got one of these alpha mentalities where he likes the ball in his hands and he's not he's gonna let it fly man like from everywhere he can get to the basket he gets by guys uh that but you know the question mark with him always is what kind of shooter is he and he doesn't really show it because he doesn't attempt very many threes uh but he can break guys down off the dribble and th- there's some there's some potential there if you can develop a jump shot i think people list him as a as a combo guard rob but uh kermit davis describes him as a point guard is the point guard more apt yeah, I think he can play both spots. Um, I think the point guard's more apt for him right now because he is, does kind of shine from a facilitating standpoint. But he's not, you know, I think 
people list him as a combo because they see him at his high school where it's not, you know, he's not surrounded by a ton of D1 athletes. Uh, so he is looking to score all times. You know, he's almost like a two guard where he likes the ball in his hands. Uh, he likes to play off the ball, gets the ball past two of them and then attacks the rim. So you don't see a lot of facilitating from him at the high school level, but he's capable of doing it. We've seen him do it on the AAU circuit. Uh, so I, I see where Kermit's coming from there. But I think he can play both spots in a pinch. The other guy Ole Miss added, I, I, know you, I don't think you've seen him. I don't, I'm curious if you've even heard much about him. Robert Coward from uh, Grayson, Georgia, plays at Southern California Academy, which is going to lead me into my next topic, which is Jalen Reed in a minute. But have, have, you, have you heard much about Coward? Not a ton. Dan did our evaluation on him because Dan is in Georgia uh, when the kid was back in Georgia, and I kind of inherited his ranking from when Corey was here. Uh, I have not seen him in person. What about Jalen Reed? Uh I'm of the opinion it was a pretty big loss. There was there was momentum there for Ole Miss. He's the son of Justin Reed, who's a, one of the legendary players in, in Ole Miss history. Uh, passed away at a young age, unfortunately. But uh, there was always talk that Jalen Reed to Ole Miss was likely to happen. And then he ends up at Florida. Um, what kind of a player is he, and how big of a loss is that for Ole Miss? Yeah, you know, he's a little bit like Malik, but more consistent, I think, where he's kind of a bit of a bruiser. You know, he's about 6'10", 6'11", 220. And yeah, it's definitely a loss. I don't know what happened and why he chose Florida. Like, you'd think on the surface it would be, all right, you know, maybe he wants to blaze his own trail. Maybe he wants to go somewhere where the situation's a little bit more conducive to winning. But Florida's not exactly lighting the world on fire right now either. And if they have another bad year, it might be Mike White, you know, uh, starting to like, hot on the hot seat there so i i don't you know I, i'm not real close with Jalen's people i don't really know what led to it or else i'd tell you um but i was a little bit surprised yeah i was too and i, I thought it was i thought it was a, a kind of a big loss for Ole Miss that it means now with this class and this is kind of goes into everything right is it means they're going to have to get heavy into the transfer portal everybody's heavy in the transfer portal and i so this is kind of a combo question, Rob, and it maybe just leads to where we end up talking about it. How much of the transfer portal is going to be opportunity moving forward from a playing time standpoint? And how much of the transfer portal is going to be guys looking at NIL situations at other schools and saying, I want a piece of that? Well, you know, I think it's it's a 50-50 thing here. I wrote a couple of weeks ago where there's, you know, there's no such thing if you're a blue blood like a Kentucky or something as a recruiting miss anymore. You can miss all you want, and then you can just recruit somebody's roster <laughs> because, look, you know, if you're playing, if you're the best player at even like, I don't know, say Ole Miss, <laughs> and you're having a great year, and you want to maximize your earning potential, but you're not quite ready for the NBA yet, you can go to Kentucky and make a lot of money, <laughs> you know, like uh, if you're a national level star. And no, matter what, and no matter what school you're at, Kentucky or North Carolina is always going to be able to offer you more. Uh, just because the brand is so strong. And if you're a star at Duke, it means a lot more than being a star at Kansas State. <laughs> and, you know, they can say that nobody's tampering with rosters, but people have been tampering with rosters since the beginning of time and recruiting other people's kids. Uh, this just makes it easier <laughs> where, it's, where, you know, you have the, the, one, the one free transfer rule. So, yeah, I think it's going to be huge for, for, for the Blue Bloods being able to promote their brand and get people name and likeness money. Uh, from Old Miss's standpoint... I think you can get in there and get, you know, you can maybe do the same thing to a lesser extent. If there's a kid at Davidson that is lighting the world on fire and he wants to step up in competition and kind of 
get seen by more national eyes, uh, Ole Miss can do that same thing, just on a smaller scale. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time here in the last few months talking about, and mostly in private conversations, honestly, about, hey, what's what's happening with NIL? There's a there's a wide receiver that Ole Miss is recruiting, actually a couple of them that I think are going to end up at Kentucky because of NIL opportunities. NIL can't be technically used as a um, a recruiting inducement, but who are we kidding? Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how is that? How is that shaping uh, the basketball recruiting world, where it's always been about right with the, at the high level with Nike or Adidas or or, or Reebok or uh, Under Armour or, or New Balance or whoever shoe company fill in the blank here? It's always been about that, and AAU schools have connections to certain uh, programs and that kind of thing. Is adding NIL into the mix changing the game at all, or is it just adding another layer to the game that was already being played? Yeah, from a number of perspectives. I think that this is bad, bad news for that uh, the G League Ignite initiative where kids are skipping college to go play on that G League team because in a lot of situations, now you can get you can get national money by going to a place with a bigger brand. It's something like Monty Bates, who nobody ever thought was ever going to go to college. He was definitely going to go to the G League and get his money. But he ends up at Memphis because he's got a giant deal with FedEx now. So you can, A, get your money. B, you can play in front of more eyes. Uh, because, you know, one of the knocks on the G League thing, too, is, you know, guys go there and everybody forgets them. Like, you, you can't tell me. Casual college basketball fans can't tell me who the best player on the G League Ignite roster was last year unless you're really dialed into the sport. And, you know, <laughs> those guys are going to go top five in the draft. But one of them that was there last year came out and said, look, I think I could be number one if I would have went to college, which, <laughs> you know, might not be true, but, you know, you can't prove it's not. Yeah, uh, no, and, and you're right. The oh. only the only people that knew who were uh, – some of the guys that were on that roster were, were draft Knicks or my then 14-year-old son who was obsessed with who the Oklahoma City Thunder would or wouldn't get. I mean, other than that, it was – it's yeah, those guys are have a, a year of relative anonymity. Yeah, nobody knows Jalen Green. You know, people do, but I mean, you got to be dialed in. <laughs> like, like, you know, just your casual fan who knows, you know, who knew who Zion Williamson was when he was at Duke because he was at Duke. If Zion Williamson would have been in the G League, I mean, nobody would have ever heard of him until he got to the NBA. Yeah, and, and I, it's going to be interesting, like, because college basketball has become, and you might disagree with this, it has become even more uh, of a niche sport. From an overall standpoint, than it's than it's ever been because football somehow, some way, the NFL and college football have become bigger uh, over the last few years, and and it just eats up, frankly, the the time. And and college basketball is not really relevant until the end of February, but those guys can in that NCAA tournament because everybody watches it and everybody has a bracket and everybody bets on games. Those guys can cash in in a, in a big way in a relatively short period of time if they can get to the tournament and make a run. And also, yeah, that's true. And also, there's a I think the playing field is even more is somehow more level from a name, image, and likeness standpoint in college football than it is in basketball because yes. the major brands are so much fewer. You know, like North Carolina, Duke. I, I'll argue that Kansas isn't on that level. Uh, it's really those two. UCLA, maybe. Um, <laughs> Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's not, you don't have like your SEC powers, like the way that even Ole Miss is a brand or the way that you can be a brand at Auburn or Clemson or Miami or Florida State. There's four done in basketball where you're really going to be able to be a national name. 
Ole Miss is a great example, Rob. I think you can be a national name at Ole yeah, Miss in 100%. football. I, you know, I, I think you can be a, 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 you know, a quarterback. You know, Matt Corral is an example. Wow. I mean, you know, exactly. you, you can be a big national name at uh, at Ole Miss, and Matt could make a lot more money on NIL, frankly, if he wanted to. Matt made a decision, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, not you, Rob, but just you in general, agree with it or disagree with it. The decision he made that, hey, I don't really want to obsess with that. I want to focus on my season. I want to focus on my NFL stock. I, w- I want to be a, a high first-round pick. I'll get my money then. And, frankly, for Matt, it looks like that's going to work out. Um, but if he wanted if he wanted to cash in on a bunch of NIL money, right now he could. And I don't know that you could ever do that in basketball at Ole Miss. Maybe you could, but the path to that is much more difficult. There are enough eyes on Ole Miss. This is the best way to put this, I think, that – if Elijah Moore stays a year after he does that celebration, NIL money, dog food, name it, name it. He'll get it. <laughs> if that happens at a college basketball roster at Ole Miss, nobody knows it happened. Oh, it's a great point. I hadn't even thought about that. If, if NIL had come a year earlier, Elijah. Oh, he, Elijah Moore would have, would have been the face of Alpo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's no doubt about it. One of these days, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to thoroughly and completely detail and then write it. But I've got to sit down and do it first. Exactly how many careers were completely changed um, playing and coaching by that one penalty? Well, I'll tell you what, my bank account was changed. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know, when that happened, I was watching at my buddy's house. And the second it happened, I was like, you know, I was covering football recruiting at the time. I live in Miami. And I was like, of course, it has to be a South Florida kid. Like, it could be from nowhere else. There's no way. It just—it was just so South Florida. Before I get into football, because I do want to ask you about your thoughts on Lane Kiffin and what he's done and his his future and some rumors and that kind of thing. Are you hearing Ole Miss's name much at all in this in this next class uh, with with some of the younger guys as it pertains to basketball? Or is it too early to know? It's too early to know. Right now, with the younger class of 2023, we've kind of been focused. You know, I've been kind of trying to find my way around to see the five stars. Uh, the top 50 kids, and I have not heard there. But as we drill down into the top 100 and that, probably this year, uh, there'll probably be more buzz on that problem. All right, let's talk football. I want to get your thoughts because uh, I know that you're doing basketball now, but I don't, I know that you keep up with football and you're a fan and all that stuff. What have been your, your perception of the job that Lane Kiffin's done in the 24 months or so since Elijah Moore peed on the, on the uh, end zone there in Startville? He's been great. And, you know, I, I, I think you could probably go back and find the episode of one of your podcasts where he got hired and I was on. And I was real bullish on him. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think that he's just a more mature dude. You know, he's like the Mets. He, for a while, he was like the Mets of, of college football coach where everybody likes to LLL Kiffin. But it's not so funny now. <laughs> you know, he's matured a little bit. And he's a darn good football coach. And I knew he was going to succeed at Ole Miss. And, and, and you know, it's, <laughs> it looks like that's come to fruition. Yeah, he's done really well here. Uh, it's He's at an interesting spot in his time here because he gets here in, uh, you know, December of uh, 19. They You throw together a class like every other coach does. You know, you just throw a class together and you hope, hope for the best. And then you get cranking on – the the first full class and their plan was hey we're going to bring guys in this spring we're going to have we're going to turn the spring recruiting season into the season 
and they were going to bring all these kids in for visits. They were going to build this momentum, and they were going to get kids to commit before the season even happened, and you know the rest. And then COVID hit, and that none of that happened. And so instead, they basically, like everyone else, but Lane was always saying, "Hey, look, I'm I'm just being real here. It impacts first year coaches." more than it impacts a guy who's been at, you know, a, a program for four or five years. He was like, if we were still at FAU, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal. We would know some of these guys, and the fact that you're on Zoom and stuff's okay. But when, you, when you're doing it the way they're doing it, where everything's on Zoom and the kids can't come to Oxford and the kids can't see you practice and the kids can't be around and you can't experience the Grove and all the different recruiting tools that Ole Miss has, it really hamstrings him. And so they signed a class – based off Zoom, basically, and now they're in the process of putting together their first full class, and the rumors are happening. And I don't know that the rumors are impacting them yet at all, but the rumors are there that, hey, Lane Kiffin's going to leave, because it's always about Lane Kiffin's going to leave, and Lane never does anything to really put those rumors to bed. And so this is that first really critical recruiting year for him where if he's going to stay at Ole Miss long-term – and build a program. This has to be a base year because they're going to lose a lot of guys off this year's roster, like everyone is. But they're going to lose a lot of guys, and they've got to do a really good job in the transfer portal, and they've got to do a really good job with high school kids or whatever. And these rumors float as we sit here and the kind of the approach the middle of November, month and a half or so, not even quite a month and a half, six weeks or so before signing day. There's a lot of stuff that's out there, and, and this is a, a big time for him and it's one of the reasons that you know as we tape this Ole Miss and Texas A&M play Saturday night here it's two top 12 teams college game ESPN's game day shows here and all that stuff and yet there's there seems to be a little apprehension in the air not about the game but about the future because people don't really know what the future holds is it Lane Kiffin or is Lane Kiffin going to leave and if he were to leave what happens to the job and that feels like it's kind of an undercurrent right now does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. There's there's no doubt about it. You and I talked a little bit off air. And again, going back to that previous episode when they hired him, I remember being on with you and telling you just how well-liked he is here. I, the, the job that I would be scared of, and I know you agree with this, is Miami if it comes open. Now, do I know if Lane would take it? I don't. But I do know that there are a lot of influential people in this area, uh, at least there were when I was covering football, that love him uh, at, the, at the high schools, at Miami University, uh, Uncle Luke, especially, who is the former frontman of Two Live Crew, but is also like the mayor of Miami football. He's a coach at one of the most influential city high schools down here. Miami loves Lane uh, just because of the way that he used to interact with high school coaches. Like Lane, when he was here, got more face time in with these South Florida high school coaches than 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 anybody else. And you know, the coaches of the big schools at the time, and really kind of built a reputation as kind of a man of the people who would go out to these places himself and do it. And there's a lot of goodwill for Lane Kiffin in Miami, in the city of Miami and in the surrounding area. Now, does that equate into if they fire uh, – I can't remember his name right now. Man, man, <laughs> um, Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. They fire Manny Diaz. Will they come for him? I don't know. But I know that there will be a lot of people with some stroke that will push Miami to come after him. Now, I can't tell the future. Who knows what that administration is going to do? Who knows if Lane would even be receptive to talking? I just know he's a popular guy here. 
So let me ask you a couple things about that job. Manny Diaz, two weeks ago, was in deep trouble. They've won a couple of games. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat yeah. Georgia Tech. And will be again if he loses to Florida State. So that's what I was going to ask is what, what does he have to do, in your opinion? And, again, I'm not holding you to this, but I'm curious. You're down there. You have yeah, to- I think I lost you. Oh, are you there? We had a little technical snafu there. What I was asking about is, is – uh, I know you're not necessarily the guy that knows exactly what they're thinking at Miami, but what does what does Manny Diaz have to do, in your opinion, to save his job? Well, what he can't do is lose to Florida State this weekend. <laughs> you can't lose to that Florida State team this year uh, and expect to not get your feet held to the fire. Because there's a portion of this fan base that already wants him gone down here. And that game, especially just because how bad FSU's been, it could swing this thing. Now, I don't think it can save him necessarily for multiple years, but if they win it, they finish decent, I think he'll get another year. If they lose that game, there's a chance that this might be the, the swan song here. So the other thing that I hear about Miami, and I've done a little digging into that job. I started the weekend. Ole Miss had an open date uh, in late September, and I spent some time on it, is that, hey, there's some financial concerns that are COVID-related and that kind of thing. Does, does Miami have the money? to make the the big hire that I mean it would take it would take real they, money to hire Lane Kiffin. They have the money. Now will they invest that into the football program has always been the thing. One of the big things that Miami fans love to complain about is that the administration doesn't care about sports, which has been different levels of true over the years <laughs> since Donna Shalevo was here and, and even going forward. Miami wants to be part the people the academic people at Miami want to be Georgetown. Uh, the athletic people want to be Alabama. And those two sides have been at odds for a very, very long time. Now, if they can get a financial gift from a donor or or something like that, yes. But getting that kind of money at Miami from the administration is a lot harder than it is at an SEC school, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's why I'm watching that job. I don't I don't think Lane Kiffin and LSU happens. I don't I don't think it whether I'm mean, gonna ask you this also, what are you what are you hearing about the Florida gig? Although I don't think Lane Kiffin would be a, a big player for Florida. I just don't think he and Scott Strickland make a lot of sense together. But what do you what do you hear about the Gators? I've kind of checked out of, of those circles since I've thrown myself into basketball, so I haven't really heard anything concrete. I just I'm watching it from the outside like you and I just don't see a way that they're saving that ship. You know, it's a matter of when for Dan Mullen, I think. And I don't know if it'll be this year. Maybe. Uh, it looks bad, though. Not <laughs> that much. All right. Well, we started with basketball. We'll finish with basketball. I'm just curious. You've seen a lot of these guys. Who's the one or two guys that you've seen on the circuit that you're like, that guy's an NBA star? Well, Paolo Banchero, who's at Duke now, last year. Um, they. <laughs> He might be one. Uh, you know, we had him at two because I didn't really want to shake the boat uh, when I took over the rankings. And Chet Holmes at Gonzaga is a very good player, and he's an NBA guy too. But, man, Paolo Bantrero at Duke is is a star. Uh, he's an NBA star. I, he's to the point where I watched him against Kentucky. I was like, why is this dude playing college basketball? <laughs> what is he doing here? Uh, I expect him to be the number one pick in the draft uh, after all is said and done. I think he's two or three on most boards right now, but he's, he's next level. Anybody else stand out besides him? Uh, in college right now or in high school right now? Uh, high school guys right now that you're keeping an eye on. So you ready to feel old here? Uh, Dewan Wagner's kid, DJ, <laughs> is the number one player in 2023, and he's going to be a star. 
Um, I don't know if he's going to end up at Kentucky like dad or if he'll go pro or what he's going to do because it's so young. He's so young or go to, or go to Memphis like dad, play for Calipari at Kentucky like dad. Um, but he's going to be a star for sure. And it makes me feel so, so old that that kid is the number one player in the country. And I remember his dad. I remember his dad playing, yeah, vividly, which makes me feel, yeah, really old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club, Neil. It's my fault for asking one last question. Yeah. You see all these guys in the NBA that played for their dad, that, that, uh, that their dads played in the NBA. And you're like, yeah, I remember his dad and his dad and his dad. And you're like, yep, I'm old. It's almost over. It's going to be, I mean, we're getting to the point where we might get a chance to see LeBron and his kid both in the NBA at the same time, which would be. Mighty interested. His kid is a 2023 kid, too. Probably not. He's a borderline NBA guy. I don't know. I'm not as high on him as some. Well, that's what I was going to say is I've talked to some people who they they think he's going to get an opportunity because of his name. But they're like, I'm not sure he's a long-term NBA guy. He doesn't have that That skill That's about where I am. So, yeah, whoever you talk to, I, I agree with them. But uh, he will get a shot, and it will be interesting to see and cool to see if they're able to do that. Rob, as always, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, anytime. You know I love you. See you. See you. Our thanks to Rob Cassidy for his time today on the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by the College Corner. Appreciate you all listening, making us a part of your week. We're going to be back uh, next week. I think I'm going to get Chase Parham to come in. Uh, We've been doing uh, war rooms. We've got a war room coming out on Friday with a lot of football recruiting information and that kind of thing. I think I'm going to get Chase to come in. And we're going to kind of do a uh, audio version of a war room for uh, the soft verbal. I think that would be pretty popular. I think you guys would like it. And uh, that's kind of the plan. So we'll be back next week with another edition of the soft verbal podcast. Again, thanks for making this show a part of your week. And I appreciate you uh, supporting us through a little bit of a transition time on the show. So until next time, uh, again, thanks to Rob Cassidy. I'm Neil McCready. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.